laughing? What? Why are you laughing? Oh fuck! I heard like a um, like an extended fart that I, t- I thought was crazy. You? You didn't? You didn't? You thought what? I don't know. There was just this. Oh. And then I thought that that was Craig, but then his actual sound started. Maybe, gosh, Anthony, I'd prefer you keep my, like, personal body, my ablutions, um, <laughs> not on the podcast. Thank you very much. They, they were just for you. You asked me to send audio um, of that to you, <laughs> along with the feet pics. I've done what you asked. You, out, you now owe me uh, $15. Um, $15. Cheap rates, Jordan. Yeah. Well, you know, it's usually about 10 per foot, but, you know, <laughs> mates rates. Um, and the farting recording I do for free. You know what's fuck, you know <laughs> fucked up? They're probably, I bet they're, oh, God, I don't even, I was good about Google searching fart porn, but I don't want to. But there probably is. Because I remember in high school, do you remember cake farts? Oh, vividly. I can't remember what they were. Vividly. Though. You remember it vividly. No, oh, I always I always say vividly when I mean vaguely. It's a terrible uh, personal Sure um, thing, mate. Sure. But a cake um, fart's the one where you fart in your hand, in a cupped hand, and then well, for my ex- near someone's nose. Oh, God, that sounds horrible. That sounds... That sounds terrible. My experience of cake farts was like as a teenager, there were like videos of beautiful girls farting onto cakes, and apparently that was somehow oh. sexy to some people. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I've never heard of your thing. That sounds fucked up. <laughs> I don't remember your. I don't know thing what's going on at private schools, but uh, obviously <laughs> it's different to what was going on at mine. Oh god, no! The only thing going on at private schools was thunderclaps and. Like literally reducing the hearing capacity of uh, several teenage boys. What's a thunderclap? Oh, so, so there's a way that you can. So you cu- again cupping your hands, funnily enough, but you go on either side of someone's like head, so you're cupping either ear, and then that oh causes some air pressure thing. But um, yeah, it's very unhealthy. That sounds horrifying. It is. It is horrifying. Um, Do you remember when we used to like, not we, but people used to like z- zab you with like in your um, your like upper ribs, people would just come behind you and then like, use two fingers, press them quickly oh, into your ribs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. That was terrible. What else was there? What other torture did, <laughs> did our... Uh, mid-teen years result in? Um, oh, gosh, I don't even know. Like, I guess growing up, like, there were a lot of websites, right, that I think fucked up our generation. Like, you know, um, what was it? Like, um, <laughs> rotten.com or, oh, like, yeah. um, that, that, that one I wasn't super involved with. But then there's also stuff like, um, oh, what is it? I've forgotten the name. I don't remember. The only web- website I remember from my childhood is Miniclip. So I don't. Fuck yes. I wasn't really involved. This is so funny. <laughs> Me and my brother were talking about these last uh, night. I wasn't a big Miniclip guy, but there was another one, Free Web Arcade. Oh my god, is Free Web Arcade still available? Free it must Web be. Arcade and Big Fish Games, both incredible. Oh, uh, oh my I, god, I, fucking Free Web Arcade. Yes. There? Oh, like there's new grounds. New grounds. New grounds was was pretty like advanced. That was high high tech. Yeah. Beyond the the minds of the simple youth. Yeah. The the simple. It was a simple time. It was, it was a simple time. I'm just romantic. Um, <laughs> yeah. Gosh. Um. What, what was else? what was your um what was your favorite game from either Miniclip or that arcade website that you were speaking? That's of? such Did a good you have thing. A, yeah. a does, does Miniclip still exist? So good, so many good well, games. Miniclip.com, fuck yeah. I think they stopped Adobe Flash, didn't they? That was going around for a while where they 
yeah. said that they was going to stop updating it. And then everyone was like, what about Flash games? And I remember I this. Know. I remember this. And I was like, oh, I haven't played a Flash game in 10 yeah, years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I guess maybe it's more like, like you can't make them anymore because it's not supported. But can you even play? Oh, let's even try it. Okay. Uh, uh, oh, these don't actually look like Flash games on Miniclip. Okay. Free web arcade. Free web arcade. Because I think it's indicative of a worrying trend, not a worrying trend, but like an issue going on like with our lives being so digital is that servers shut down, right? Mm. And because their services are linked to servers online, you don't have a physical copy. You can never get it back. You know, so many people have stories about getting locked out of their old work emails where they had some really important stuff saved. Or, uh, you know, for example, these, these flash games, like losing effectively 15, 20 years of internet history. Um, yeah, yeah. So I think that there is a project, like a digital web archive project, and you can always use that Wayback Machine to access certain websites to try and... Yeah, yeah. Because so much human culture is online now that we do need a bit of a process of, of trying to record and keep, um, like, keep these, like, programs going. Yeah, yeah, going. it's like human history. You exactly. Know, people's, uh, you know, swearing on Club Penguin and... Uh, Yes. Oh my oh, god, did you ever play Club Penguin? I think I tried. I think I tried to play Club Penguin for like a day. But yeah. I just I didn't get it. <laughs> you didn't get it? You're just like, why was someone interested? Um Oh my god, okay, yes. No, some some of these games still work. So okay, there was a game called Hex Empire that I really loved. Um that was a free one. What is what's here in popular games? I remember um, when fucking Miniclips 8-Ball Pool was the most popular game for, like, Dude, that might even years. still be that. I think I even just saw it that Miniclip 8-Ball. But I guess everyone, all of those, like, kids won't experience this anymore because they have phones. Yeah, 8-Ball Pool is still the number, is still number one. And then Agar.io. Oh, the, the you remember those game? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or, like, the big blob. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God, yeah, 8-Pool. By mini clip, crazy. It's so weird. It's so weird. Just like it's such a nostalgic thing. These kind of like companies, these websites. Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Gosh. Um, speaking of of websites, uh, well, firstly, welcome, welcome. to episode. <laughs> fuck, we haven't introdu- done an introduction. Welcome to episode. We um, every episode. Nineteen. No, twenty, John. The big two o. Is this seriously episode 20? Yeah, I think so. We've been doing this is this episode 20, and we started this by years. talking about farts and mini clip. How fitting. This is what people come to hear. This is true. Yeah, it's episode 20. Um, wow. Who thought when we envisaged this brilliant creation in a small basement under the stairs that we would be here at episode yeah. 20? Who would think that you've forced me at gunpoint to launch this podcast app? Indeed. Um, Multiple times. <laughs> here we are, just to keep you in the life you're accustomed. Yeah, and oh, it's just it's served us so well with all the all the sponsorship deals and the women, and it's been great. The women. Oh, yeah, all <laughs> of the, the power and the women. See, First you do the podcast, then you get the money, <laughs> then you get the women. Oh, oh, and I think God. it's quite fitting that I've been uh, relegated to the spare rooms to this one. Yeah, <laughs> literally kicked out. The king bed, so. well, here's oh. the thing. Here's an interesting. Well, let's start with that. Let's start with some personal stories. Anthony, you're, mm. you're living the king bed dream. Yes. Yes, indeed. So we um, originally, my my dear, sweet, loving partner and I uh, had enjoyed uh, a double bed that is like more than ten years old uh, for the duration of our relationship. Yeah, it's not good. Um, and this was, you know, a massive upgrade for me, who had spent up until the age of twenty in a single bed. 
You did um, actually. A great, a great single bed. Highly recommend. Um, just so much freedom uh, t- to move about 50 centimetres. <laughs> um, but, yeah, from a single to a double. And then the thing is that I am uh, quite a lanky fellow, I believe. You, are, the, you uh, are lanky. The technical term. And the challenge with a double bed is that its full length is like 1.8, I think, 180 centimetres, 1,800 millimetres for all our builder listeners, um, which is shorter than my total length. Really? Wait, what do you mean? Hang on, what do you mean? So the the length of a double bed. Oh yeah, yeah, no, sorry, I know what you mean. Now I thought never mind, I was thinking something (laughs) weird. Um Yeah, of course. Like I I've literally seen you lay on that bed and your legs just stick off the end. Yeah. You kind of had to curl into a little fetal position ball, sleeping ball. Exactly, exactly. And as part of that means that I got my legs sticking out like, as I believe it's you true. coined the phrase, like a running man. Oh, yeah, exactly. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and, you know, the width of a double bed isn't, isn't quite sufficient for two people. So naturally um, there were constant issues of uh, a well-placed foot in the, the nook of, of my, my dear Simona's back. Uh, which caused some <laughs> some waking issues uh, over the course of the evening. Yeah, rip. To be yeah. fair, though, you also have to sleep with her. Just I don't know. You also do the the jolt. You're a, like a. a I am a jolter. Jolt. I'm an avid jolter. Big jolter fan. Yeah, I, I just I don't know why. Here I am thinking that I just I fall a lot, <laughs> but even even not falling. <laughs> even when I'm like not even asleep or dreaming or doing any of that, I just have a bit of a jolt. All right. Well, but I, I suppose it comes. I know you're only in the king bed for a few days. Um, yes. Shout out no, it to the brand. At all. Is it one of those koala mattresses? Oh no 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 no, no Jordan. Damn. We went all the oh, way sorry. to our our local snooze. Wow! And picked up the uh, the Madison King mattress with uh, pocket the pocket springs. <laughs> the pocket springs. That means you can do whatever the fuck you want. You can like run around, spin around, fucking jerk off, eat an ice cream sundae, and your partner will just have feel no movement, have no idea. That is absolutely correct. Yes. Um. um so yeah, and it's just it's very wide. It's very it's long. Is it worth girthy. it? Because it is expensive. It's girthy. Um is it it's so expensive though. Is it worth the money? Not for not at full price. Okay. Okay, but that's interesting. As you know, Jordan, you can't put a price on comfort. But mm. I did, and it's probably oh, about <laughs> three to four grand. Um which is doable. But, you know, ideally it would, it would not be that much. But there's this whole thing about, um, you know, how much spot time you spend sleeping, for example. So the amount of time you'd spend on that mattress compared to, say, the amount of time that you'd spend in your car. And, you know, 15 grand is very reasonable for a car, but it's just, like, nuts for a bed. Yeah. Even though the, like, time percentage is... That's so, actually such a good so point. So different. So, yeah, definitely worth it. Highly recommend. Um, incredible. I haven't seen or heard from Simona in days. Yeah, she's just disappeared. She's like, well, I don't really <laughs> need Anthony anymore. I'm completely satisfied in every way. Um, just sleeping. Ooh. Speaking of sleeping, mm. some people sleep with the fishes. People related to organized crime, (laughs) which recently there was a major, major organized crime raid here. Indeed. A bust, if you will. What's the, uh, what's the, what was it called? You even said it. You did the hashtag. 
I did Anom. A N Anom. Probably zero M because you know hackers and one three three seven hackers, etc. Um, but yeah, big old bust. Yeah, well, like over magistrates court. Yeah, over two hundred people, like bikies and organized crime people, gangs, like that's a lot of people. Um, and it seems to be like this has been something that was set up by the FBI or something like that, that they set up the use of a, an app. Over a couple of, uh, beer, couple of beers, the idea. Right. So okay. they and say. Yeah. So they, they got an app going and that, that made it seem like it was a secure app. There are lots of apps that are kind of meant to be encrypted and secure and often used by lots of people. Um, there's an app called Signal that's quite popular with like groups, but um, honestly, the most in my experience, the most famous. What I mean in my experience, I mean you know, in very legal ways. <laughs> All of your criminal activity, <laughs> alleged criminal activity. Yeah, but in my experience, if you ever want to find a drug dealer, they use Snapchat because it's it deletes quite quickly. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's it's interesting to to see how like going back to what we we're talking before, like the power of technology in this term. Um, and like they, they picked up people like planning hits, like doing heaps of um, money laundering, trying to get drugs into the country, drug um, creation here in Australia, like processing. Um, they fucking seized more than like 3,000 grams, um, 3,000 kilograms of drugs. Kilograms, yeah. $45 million. Um, yeah, and it was like a big, it was obviously linked to, so for our international listeners, Lots of countries have their own kind of crime orgs. In Australia, it is done by bikey gangs, biker gangs. We just call them bikies. Um, and there's a couple really, really key ones, but probably the most infamous bikey gang and the one most connected to violence and, and crime in Australia, but also in Adelaide, where we're, we're from, is the, the, the Comanchero bikey gang. And there were lots of people tied up with the Comancheros um, who were arrested. Um, so there was like one main guy, um, what's his name? Hakan. What's his last name? Hakan Ayik. Okay, so Hakan Ayik is sort of like was well, for a plant. while. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Well, no, he wasn't the. Was he the plant? I'm pretty sure he was. Well, I know so he. There, no, he... there were a, f- a few like double agents, right? Who needed to push oh. the use of a nom by criminals, basically. I don't think he was the plant because he was like a very wanted man. He though got a lot of his people on the app at the very least. Like he thought it was a legit thing. Yeah, that's what I mean though. I thought you said there was a plant. Like he was in on it. It. We well, was. He was. So um, I've, there's already a Wikipedia article on it, which is fantastic. Oh, nice. Here we go. Use of the app spread through word of mouth and was also encouraged by undercover agents. Drug trafficker Hakan Ayik was identified as someone who was trusted and was going to be able to successfully distribute this platform. All ah, without his knowledge was encouraged by undercover agents to use and sell the devices. Right. Okay, okay so he, he was a plant. So it was an was unintentional a... plant. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this dude is really interesting. So he's been around for about 10 years. And he's, he's not a bikey. He's just like he's on his own. I mean, he's not a common chair, but he has ties to them and he has ties to the triads in Hong Kong. Um, and he has been like running a lot of operations over the years throughout Australia um, and they arrested him. But he had spread this app that allowed, you know, a, um, not ASIO agents. Oh, no, it would be ASIO and AFP especially. Um, to effectively track everything people were saying. And he spread that through his entire criminal network, um, which is just really interesting. And uh, like apparently the stuff they hear about is like them planning to do hits, them planning to fucking... Yeah, yeah there was a shooting at Norwood that they uh, apparently foiled because they could see what was being written. On really? The yeah, yeah. Well, that's interesting because like, you know, when you and I were, when you and I were growing up, like maybe 10 years ago now, it would be about 10 years ago, there was actually a lot of bikey violence going on in Adelaide. 
um yeah the common chair is where infamous spiky laws that came through. yeah yeah throughout australia actually well that was a really intense period queensland was a fucking war zone um mm. so was so was victoria um, but adelaide had like really serious shootouts um especially like out in the city out in north adelaide um you know right near the um you know, like, like actually in the suburb of North Adelaide, right, there's a Chibo there and there was like a huge, there was a drive-by shooting and a huge shootout back in like 2008 or something like that. Um, so like you often watch American movies and you're like, oh yeah, like organized crime, we don't have that in Australia. But we do. It's just done by like steroid heads and uh, <laughs> like bikies, which, you know, in its way is its own Australian aesthetic. Our, our twist on <laughs> classic mob crime. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just, yeah. Um, oh, okay. I have an interesting mob story, and I'm just trying to think it now because it just popped into my head. Um, hang on. Um, so many years ago, Jordan was part of a local mob. Yes. Yep, Exactly. Oh, uh, probably managed Adelaide to avoid arrest after this whole bus, Jordan. You were there he is. <laughs> there we go. Okay. So, have you ever heard of Vince Foccarelli? Oh, I have. I love Vincent Foccarelli. Vincent Foccarelli, um, the Adelaide Comancheros bikey gang guy. Um, he used to own a very popular and very clearly front tattoo parlor in Hindley Street. Um, and he, you know, through a range of violent tactics, but also he was quite good at bringing people together, uh, like groups to work together. He kind of muscled in on um, the drug trade here in, in Adelaide. Um, now, he, as he was getting older, he had pissed a lot of people off. He had been, like, shot at almost, like, attempted to be killed seven times, shot at multiple times, and he just kept going. His young son, who was maybe 21, 22, um, was trying to step up and to try and get, like, them to stop trying to kill his dad and to try and, like, unify these all of these groups here in Adelaide, um, trying to do it online, like, via Facebook and everything like that. He was killed. He was assassinated. Vince Foccarelli... Um, then I think went, was arrested, went to prison on a gun charge, um, and did the thing that many people do in prison, which is to convert to Islam. Anyway, he got out of prison, moved to Malaysia. Um, and yeah, well now he claims, okay, because he claims himself, he introduces himself as a devout Muslim and a social worker and previously as a gang leader. <laughs> So that's just what a put that on your CV. Yeah, for, um, I'm adding it. But right. Yeah, yeah, do it. Oh man, who's he with here? Oh no, he fled to Malaysia early this year. Oh shit! Oh no, he was uh, trying to escape a crime-based deportation to Italy. He fled to Malaysia. Okay, he devert the devoted Islam convert had a previously had established himself in Kuala Lumpur living among the dense Muslim population with his mother at his side. Nice. Oh, his wife and his stepdaughter remain in Australia. So he took his mum with him to Malaysia. So his mum is like this little Italian lady. <laughs> she looks just confused by being in Malaysia. <laughs> oh, she's very unwell. Um, oh, my God, there's yeah. an article from September 2020 from the Daily Mail. Oh, shit. Six assassination attempts during his time as a bikey. Yeah, it was something like that. Um, and they killed yeah, yeah. his son. He, he started to turn his life around after finding Islam while in jail. Imagine the fusion food, though. Like, Malaysian-Italian <laughs> mixed. Like, Oh, with wow. a side of bullets. Fucking primo. Oh, here we go. Vince Foccarelli and the Adelaide bikey. Oh, fucking paywalled. Bloody Adelaide now. It's ridiculous. Paywalled news. Bloody, bloody big, big news. They really do. They oh, just do everything. Um, but yeah, it's pretty intense, like everything that's been going on. And yeah, but 
Okay, coming to the big crux of the story. Sorry, getting distracted by all the cool crime stuff. What? You know, Scott Morrison, it was really weird. Okay, so they did the, the whole raid. The uh, news announcement of it happening. Yeah, yeah, go on. Yes. Sorry. Yeah. So I've, I've don't, I can't really think of an example of when the AFP raid came out. They had everything ready to show this thing. The Prime Minister was there. Which is a weird thing because the Prime Minister isn't really involved with stuff like that. Like, he'll, he'll make statements afterwards, or they'll make statements afterwards, but Prime Minister really shouldn't be at an AFP crime bust conference. But he stood up there and he starts talking mm. about how his government, it's, it just became clear that it was for the election. He came up and he's standing up there and he's like, yes, my government has done this. You know, we're really cracking down on criminals. We're, crap, we're really law and order. We're really enforcing that stuff. Um, and we want to make the laws stronger that our um, law enforcement agencies have a better time doing it. And you go, okay. Well, you caught the guys. I don't know how much stronger you need to make the laws yeah. because you got them. <laughs> but, uh, oh, yeah. no, some I, of the laws I had, are, yeah, intense. I had such a similar reaction to that as well, where I was like, so this thing that you did that worked, you want yeah. to make things different to that? Like, what? It's but also, so weird. apparently, um, articles are coming out about how they only kind of completed the bust now because they were running out of resources. And oh, again, right. like, I don't see how laws are going to make that easier because fuck knows yeah. they're not. <laughs> well, there are a few increasing key- resources <laughs> for it. There are a few mm. key laws that they want to, like, introduce. One of them being that, so in Australia, this was a big thing a few years ago. In Australia, um, the government can now harvest metadata um, from companies and use it in law, well, for basically whatever they want. But a new law that Scott Morrison's government wants to bring in is that that data on Australian citizens collected can be then shared with international um, and, you know, other countries, their law enforcement agencies. So, for example, the FBI would be able to get access to Australian citizens' data and information for citizens in Australia, not those into overseas or in the United States. And this is kind of a big deal because, you know, this is like, you know, well, what is the point of kind of national sovereignty? Where do we draw the line between kind of um, you know, our kind of national law enforcement and international law enforcement. Um, there's a few other rules about just kind of making it very a lot stricter about like how they can get access to data and what they can do online, extending kind of sunset clauses so that they currently have mm-hmm. a whole range of powers that they want to extend and just continue to have um, powers. Um, this was yep. kind of a thing that happened after 9-11 and then Lint Cafe siege. Um, law enforcement agencies were given like special powers and then they just continue to have those powers and eventually you know they that kind of all got wrapped into one with the home affairs bureau which we've now had for about two years which is like the super border defense intelligence everything bureau Mm. so yeah i think um this is just the beginning i think of a new attempt to try and Shift, power, law yeah, shift Australian privacy laws, and like obviously you're a, you're a lawyer, and I know this is nowhere near your field. But <laughs> what is the kind of legal case like? What rights do Australians have to their 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 kind of privacy? And like, is it something that's important? Like, do you think because you often hear people be like, um, you know, oh, I don't have anything to hide, then it's it's fine. But I don't know if it's just like that. I don't know if it's so simple because. That's always the the justification for yeah. all this kind of stuff is, oh, if you don't have anything to hide, then you, you have nothing to worry about. Yeah. But I guess really the problem arises in is the almost ever-changing, I guess, kind of line as to what is lawful or unlawful or what is considered unlawful or lawful. Yeah. Um, where... I mean, this is a completely different example, but I, I'll try to bring it together, Jordan. Bear with me. So oh, there I was a um, – I'm going to um, make a cricket reference, and I apologise in advance. So, okay. so what's happened is that, that recently um, uh, an England cricketer 
made his like debut in a in a test match and what's arisen is that some tweets or whatever that he made like 10 years ago or something ridiculous surfaced and turned out that he was that, that those tweets were were homophobic or racist or, or right. something like that so basically something that's broadly unacceptable um mm. and as a result of that the uh, England, I think it's Cricket Board, ECB, they ended up banning this guy from playing. Right. Um, and <clears throat> I guess really the, the connection I'm trying to draw here is that, yes, if you have n- nothing to hide, then you'll be fine. But yeah. if, for example, something that you have done, let's say, five yeah. years ago that goes yeah. into the metadata and, you know, exists, if it let's say, comes out later or if there is a changing of the, um, you know, what, what's considered lawful or unlawful and that comes out again, then what, you know, you might have thought that five years ago, yeah, I've got nothing to hide, there's no problem with this. But That's if there point. is a problem five years later, then you kind of go, well, oh, fuck, well, it was okay then, but it's not okay now, but it's still, yeah. it still exists as metadata. So Yeah. You know, I'm doing a lot of my quotations business on snapchat and it's suddenly <laughs> that's not okay i'm selling feet pics for 750 mm. each per foot whatever i said the number was before um now that's online the afp have that they can do whatever they have access to my nudes anthony and i don't know if i want them to yeah exactly like uh, if, if that <laughs> becomes unlawful for example like if if they change the age of uh, let's say, like ch- consent or child pornography laws. Like, if they mm-hmm. increase the age of child pornography l- pornography laws, like that still exists as metadata. That's a really good. So point. then, something that you've done at like eighteen suddenly becomes unlawful, and then mm. you're fucked. So my, yeah, yeah, it's it's a very problematic area, um, and which is really where. I think a lot of the, the criticism arises and, yeah. you know, yes, if, you know, you haven't done anything wrong, you've got nothing to hide, but really it's, it's an issue of that changing what is or isn't okay to hide in yeah. the first place. That's such a good point. And, and honestly, I think it goes a step further and I think human beings have a, a kind of a fundamental right to privacy. Like I haven't done anything wrong. And I have something to hide. I don't want everyone knowing about my stuff. And I have a, I have a human decency right, you know. And I think this goes to lots of people, you know. Like, if I'm going to get an AIDS test, I don't want that tracked or monitored because of all the prejudice within that in society. I don't want my metadata gathered if I'm searching, um, you know, if I'm searching issues to do with mental health or physical health. And I don't want those things necessarily caught up in a intelligence program if it was going to a medical system this is different but they're not it's going to the afp and if the scott morrison has his way it's going to the fucking fbi they're creating profiles on people with irrelevant data and the thing is i'm not sure we're not really sure what they're doing with it yet they're able to create these huge profiles of people trying to um see the connections to their family tie connections to friends colleagues what have you to try and find like stings and got you's in ways that i don't think exist or in ways that i think are very unethical and these are big computerized systems but at the same time there are human beings involved with them um so i think it's yeah. important i think Absolutely. it's important to, to take a stand when you can because at a certain point it, like if you just follow that argument of if you have nothing to hide it's fine eventually it just slowly erodes away your rights because that's what they're trying to take away like yours and mine the listeners they're trying to erode our rights as human beings and if we say no now when we're stronger, when we when we have the rights, when it's not pushed right to the edge of what is and isn't acceptable in terms of privacy and the role of the state and intelligence agencies in our lives. And this goes the same with corporations as well, um, where it's just too hard. Like we gotta we gotta fight for it now for the future. You know, like if you have kids, like 
you don't want your kids being consistently tracked by the fucking government. Or maybe you do. Yeah. I don't know what people are like, <laughs> but um, I'm not into that. But yeah. Yeah, no, it's uh, and we've spoken a bit about, you know, big corporate and their mm. access to all our the data oh, yeah. before, which is a whole other can of worms. But, yeah, it's just that. I don't know that that price of convenience, but also convenience in the sense of like the, the price of being public with, with anything. Yeah, even when you don't want to. <laughs> but I guess you know. To be fair, it has to come. It has to go hand in hand. Like Australia, over the last fifteen years, has become a increasing hotspot for online um like not online organized crime well perhaps online organized crime but organized crime that's being like organized via online systems because Mm. like you know we do have some weaker laws compared to some other countries i don't think that's a bad thing but i can see how that has been taken advantage of and i don't know if the response is to make those laws so strong that they restrict the the freedom of kind of the people who are living here but I can understand why people are concerned and going, hey, it's a bit of the Wild West out in Australia and all the triads and bikies are really starting to, you know, get techie. You know, the people, the people who are running these things, you know, they're born in the 1980s. You know, they've, they've grown up in the 2000s. You know, if you're 40 and you're a bikie gang leader, you were born in 1980 and you were 20 by the time in the 2000s. You know how technology and the internet works now. And you're starting mm. to get those things online and going, especially if you're using younger members to kind of help support that. So, yeah, as always, I don't think the result for many criminal things are actually law enforcement opportunities. I think they're more social and cultural and pol- political things. But Yeah, but, absolutely. Yeah, but that's, at the same that's, time. That's the thing. It, it it just feels like, especially now, as as you were talking about Morrison's um, press conference and him using this as justification mm. to further empower law enforcement and and effectively, um, you know, imposing an ability to counteract this in in a forceful manner rather than. Mm. You know, seeing this instead as an opportunity, going, "Oh shit!" Like, look at all this stuff that they're <laughs> that they're trying to import that that is, yeah, you know, illegal and unlawful. Like, a, why are they doing that? And b, is there some sort of social element that can counteract that? But instead, there's there's this continue continued like reobsession with, or oh, the only way to combat violence is, well, I mean. Is basically with violence, <laughs> i.e., you know, um, um, police uh, arresting individuals yeah. and putting them in prison for yeah decades. Yeah, that's such a good point, man. Like that, you're you're so spot on with that. There's just there's like a bit of an imbalance, and like obviously you kind of see the law side of things more than say I do. You know, you know, having been to you know court, not you going to court, but I mean, been in a court like criminal court and stuff <laughs> like that. Um, Anthony will never go to court for his crimes he'll never go down he'll never he's not going back to prison but um yeah mm. it's uh it's interesting um what else is going yeah. on victoria went into lockdown oh again yeah they're still going they bloody love her i feel honestly i feel really sad bad for victorians because mm. like okay that first big lockdown that happened in Victoria, not their first one, but that big one, the three-month one or however long. Mm. To be honest, Victorian Health dropped the ball. They had 14 contact traces at the start of the pandemic. When they, had, they were having 70 cases a day and were just barely doing very small regional suburb-wide lockdowns. You know, that's, it's, it's, they, they fucked up. Yeah, yeah. They went this slow. time, though... Victoria, uh, Victorian Health. I'm not sure what it's called. In SA, it's obviously called SA Health, but maybe it's called like Health Victoria in SA, Victorian Health. Whatever. The Victorian Health Service has been attempting to, and I think doing a good job keeping with this like very aggressive strain. 
Um, people know what they're doing. They've gone into lockdown and, you know, they were able to get out of lockdown, um, what, two days ago? Um, I've dated us. Recently, I know, but yeah. Yeah, they were able to get out of lockdown, which is a really good thing. Um, I think the whole of Melbourne is a bit traumatized from being in lockdown, but um, mm. I think it, they're doing a good job of having been through it. You know, they're kind of surviving um, some pretty fucked up stuff. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting to see like why Victoria again because it's this time their health services hadn't dropped the ball, and there were a few things that perhaps they could have done better. So, for example, in Victoria, the QR codes weren't mandatory. Um, yeah, so contact tracing is a bit harder. Yeah, yeah, but even now, if I look at SA, a lot of people don't oh, no QR fucking, codes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like to think I'm pretty good, but a lot of people just are pretty bad at it. Um, and I, I partly blame the stores because you know I have found that QR codes have moved a bit. They're not as front and center as they were anymore. You have yeah, to kind of look I for think them. one of the one of the problems that Simona raised especially was particularly at, you know, stores within stores. So like yeah. Marion, for example. And one thing actually that I found out recently, the Adelaide Central Markets does this quite well, but it's just the fact that every single individual store that is within an otherwise mm. enclosed structure has their own QR code. And it's a bit like, well, why don't, if, if I'm in that, you know, large building at all, and someone mm. else has it, like, let's just play it safe and say that, <laughs> that I have it as well. Like, you know, yeah. people are going to different stores and touching shit and whether they, um, you know, went to, went to David Jones or Woolworths, like them QR coding in both of those individual stores doesn't really make a difference if they're otherwise yeah. in the location. So why not just have it at every entrance? You do it once and then you're covered, basically. Yeah, that's what it's like at the central markets, isn't it? Yeah, so there's just one. I'm not sure if every entrance has one. But when we when um, went there the other day, actually, uh, so when, when we went in, there was just this massive, like, A2-sized cardboard cutout with a big old QR code on it. And then it said, yeah, you're signing into the central markets. And then it was fine. So I don't know why everywhere. I think that that would help because then it's less about i mean honestly i don't think that some of it's even complacency it's just the fact that they've signed mm. into every other store in the building the fact that they're yeah. mr one is uh they're just that's such just too point. much that's such a good point but yeah no it's a uh, part of it is there is definitely some complacency but it's just so intangible when it doesn't affect you Mm. Like South Australia's just been so insulated from it. And it, you know, other what? than it's, Pizzagate. It, yeah, Pizzagate. Shout out Pizzagate. Got a like a long weekend. <laughs> Great episode. Out of it. Um Yeah, and I think I would like to think that South Australians realise not South Australians, everyone in Australia realise how easy it is for us to go into a B lockdown. People are not vaccinated. I'm gonna okay. What do you think is the current vaccination rate in Australia, Anthony? Oh, uh, I think I saw it a few weeks ago. It oh, was recently. like Probably the same. one point. Oh, yeah, we'll be saying. But like semi-recently, I think we had like 1.5% of the population with both doses. Yeah, it's currently at 2.6 according to, who's this? According to, oh, it's just according to Google, I guess. So take that over the And Google would know. Google, it's got all our data. Um. But yeah, it's uh, this is this has got to be Scott Morrison's another big blunder. He he's fucked this up, hasn't he? Um, you know, with only two point six percent of the population fully vaccinated, and it's June. It's the middle of the year, and they're meant to be doing it by the end of September. That's got to change, surely. How? You know, and you know, yeah. I don't think it's just the government's fault. I think there is a lot of been a lot of vaccine hesitance, hesitancy that's already existing within society. Mm-hmm. I think them fucking going so hard on AstraZeneca, and then it just you know comes out that it has some pretty serious side effects with the blood clotting. Um, if that's related to it, I don't know if it actually is because I think the science is still kind of waiting to come out. But 
um, on like the actual rates of this blood clot. But at the very least, in the media and in popular culture, they seem very linked. Yeah, uh, uh, of course, the media will influence that. But, but yeah, no, I, I, I think I I have an auntie at least who had AstraZeneca. But yeah, it just really mm. put you out for like at least two days or something. But mm. well, I mean, have, you know, has your, have your folks got vaccine? Have you had uh, any vaccine? I don't think so. Mm. No, my mum hasn't either. I think they're. Uh, I'm just trying to think if they should. I think they're in the age bracket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's over fifties um, can get vaccinated, or even um, other people now. But um, but yeah, I've, that, I've, I've, yeah. I don't even know how to how to go about it. I'm not sure that you can just pop down to your local and. Yeah, neither do ask I. For a COVID vaccine, and I think that's that's part of the issue. People are unsure, and it should be the most reassuring easy thing to get people to have, get vaccines like they should be able to be available and you should be able to go to a website and it will tell you exactly where you need to go exactly which was the, which was the, really the whole problem with like all of our lockdowns in australia as well yeah where there was just like no there was so many just oh so you can't do this but if X, Y, Z happens, then you can. <laughs> Unless the moon is like a half moon, then you can't do it. It's Just so all weird. this like obscure stuff, whereas you need a yes, no. You need a, okay, you can go to X, Y, Z pharmacy, get the mm. vaccine, and then you're good. And it's, it's changed a lot. Like, you know, like it's, it's fucked up Scott Morrison's whole political ploy. He was probably planning to go to an election, you know, part of like towards October this year, but there's no way he's going to be able to do that now in the middle of all of his vaccine scandal. He has to wait until most Australians are vaccinated and things are, you know, in quotations back to normal. So it's kind of pushed that back, but most importantly, it's like, it's left us in this middle ground. Like Australia did well, partly because of our location, Mm. partly because of the government, but also I think partly because Australians, you know, they, we, we did often what we were told. Like the lockdowns, there <laughs> so are so we knew many. What cases. we were being told, we did follow that. This is an excellent choice, and it's not hard to get Australians to stay home. In fact, it's the easiest thing in the world, you would think. But uh, it, it's pretty easy to get Australians to stay home. But like, I think there was a combination of issues why Australia did pretty okay. Um, this isn't discounting all the most the thousand people that died and the thousands more that were you know sick and, and still dealing with health issues, but. You know, I compare, you know, Australia to, like, fucking the UK, right? They have, like, 70, like, 70 doses of vaccine were given, like, it's, like, per 100 people or something like that. The US is something similar. Um, Germany is, like, in the 40s or something. And Australia is, like, at, like, six doses per 100 people, Um, which is really, really small. And, you know, they... They just messed it up because when they're trying to, and then you and I talk about the vaccines a lot on this podcast, and it's because it is a big thing. It's kind of a big thing going on in the world, and I think it is important because it's, you know, it's it's fucking COVID. Like every person in the world is aware of this kind of thing. Um, yeah, there's just barely ordered any vaccines. You know, they ordered like two million Pfizer vaccines when they should have ordered fifty fucking million Pfizer vaccines. It's just weird. Um. But yeah, hopefully it will go well. Hopefully things will go smoothly. Um, yeah, and they'll just continue yeah, we'll, to do it. You and I won't we'll get, get vaccinated there. until 2029, but that's fine. Yeah, we'll be um, right. She'll be right. We'll be fine. Yeah, we'll just um, go India. That's right. <laughs> um, Euros. Euros have started, I guess. Oh, they have. Oh, there was a big, there was a very intense incident at the Euros, actually, Jordan. Yes. um, Not soccer related. I know. What's his name? Um, Christian Eriksen or something like that? Christian Eriksen. Very Danish name. Very Danish name. Um, But yeah, no, apparently, like, they had to do CPR. He stopped breathing. It looks really bad. Like, it looks quite serious. Yeah. And then there's all this shit about, 
um, all the broadcasters or the cameras trying to, you know, zoom in on effectively like a lifeless body and then yeah. his wife in the crowd and her not knowing what was going on. And yeah. Yeah, fuck, all very intense, but apparently stable. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, no, it's all, all happening. Who's your um? Are you a Nether? Are you like? Are you always behind the Netherlands for like Euros and stuff? Oh, of, of course. They've got a shit coach though, Jordan. So they're in. Do they? They might not know. do very well. Um, um but obviously it? it's coming home. England. They're gonna win the Euros. I was in France for, for the World Cup. It was fucking insane. And then I was in Italy towards the end and everyone was really depressed because Italy wasn't in the World Cup and it was very satisfying as an Australian. Um, I'll never forget. What year was that? Lucas Neal. Lucas Neal. I'll never forget. I'll never forgive. I'll never forgive. Um, but there's no Greece either. There's no, there's, no, there's no Greece either. So what am I? I'm not, in, I'm not into the, these Euros this year anyway. But... Um, who do you, who's your pick? Who do you think will who do you think will will win? I don't really. Know who do I either. think will win? Um, look, I think uh, that'd be like Germany, right? Turkey, Turkey are a good shout. Are they? Um, no. Fuck, I was going <laughs> to say, no, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, the, the Germans are always good, mm. um, but uh, everyone's uh, losing their shit over how strong France are. Yeah, France is so good, aren't they? Which is not untrue. They're stacked, is the uh, the technical term. They're stacked. Um, but yeah, look, there are a few few good teams out there. But yeah, anything can happen. Fuck anything can happen Euro- in in knockout tournament football, Jordan. Anything. It's true. All the European powers are the mix to win the championship. France are the bookmakers' favourites. Belgium are currently number one in the world. And Portugal defending the Portuguese are so good, actually. Italy hasn't lost in twenty-eight games. Fuck me. And England, yeah, Germany wow. is always a team to be record with. Italy hasn't lost twenty-eight games. What the fuck happened with the World Cup? Then I don't know. I don't know what they were doing then. Um, who they played? Jordan. They might have had a oh, few sh- friendlies against San Marino. So uh, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Slovakia is in here. Oh. Poland versus Slovakia. That's an interesting game. Um, Classic. Classic, Classic game. Match. Classic West Slavic match. Spain versus Sweden. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, always exciting. Love, love. I don't even really watch. I never really watch soccer. Um, I just, I never have the time of the day, and I, I'm never really that into it. But I, I do, I do enjoy looking at the, the results and everything. Results, yeah. Oh, just all those ones and zeros. It's just yes, uh, it's oh, so good. People don't understand. <laughs> now you can the hi- highlight. Honestly, the invention of highlights are the, is the greatest thing. Highlight, like highlights, I mean, makes quite size package. Yes, highlights makes cricket looks like the best fucking sport ever. When in reality, it's it's ninety seconds out of three days. Like. The highlights oh, are some of the, some of the highlights best of summers so of my youth. Jordan, <laughs> playing mini clip and watching uh, five yes. days of test match oh, cricket. Gosh. Oh, how good! When did they have the test this year? There's um, always this... tests. Um, no, but when the did ashes they, were they are coming up. When did they have it? Well, the ashes. Sorry, when did they have it? Like last year? Did they? Did uh, COVID stop cricket? Yes. Yeah, I believe it did. Interesting. The last, the last Ashes were in England, I'm pretty sure. Oh, right. Probably like oh, that's, 2018 that's... or something. Okay. Like a reasonable amount of time. Because there was obviously Sandpaper Gate. Oh. Uh, with the... Never, uh, never forget. Never forget. The, the most horrific moment in Australian history. Um. With the ball tampering. And then I think that was 2016. And then they had the Ashes. Australia defended the Ashes in England. It was all very exciting. Nice. Um, I know fuck all about cricket. So. And then I think the Ashes is here. Right. This year? At the end of this year? Interesting. But, yeah, no, it's, oh, it's incredible, Jordan. It's going to be one of the most intense Ashes series, I think, in, in recent history. 
Will you be in the Will you be in the new place? I then? will be in the Astors, Jordan. Um, you <laughs> uh, <laughs> hopefully is is the answer to that question. I think because so. you'll be you'll have the couch. Be watching it live. <laughs> the TV. The uh, it's hot weather. Oh, Remember, you're just going to have to be at home because of all yeah. the hot weather. Yeah. Um, we and... do any landscaping. We'll just exactly we'll just probably had our hundred inch TV delivered. Oh, incredible! Oh, really, watching Pat Cummins roar in from uh, from the Stanley Street end uh, in ten in eight K. Oh, how good! You know what? I'm really hoping for. Um... I'm really hoping things will back to normal by, by 2023 um, because I would really fucking love to go to the 2023, the FIFA Women's Cup. I think that'd be yeah, fucking we, sick. Because we managed to host something. I know, right? Someone's actually really like, yeah, good. we'll go to Australia. It will be like watching Sam Kerr just fucking tear it up. So good. Um, She'll probably be too old by that She point. actually Isn't might be by 2023. Yeah, probably, right. but... Um, Next that would be generation of Matildas. How good! Yeah, and you know it's not um it's not a FIFA World Cup based on slave labor, unlike the one happening <laughs> um in um in oh, oh, the Qatar World Cup is going to be one of the best. The 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 Qatar World Cup cup is insane when you actually think that it's in Qatar. Mm. Oh, twenty twenty two. Of course, it's next year. Like I've been to Qatar. It's a fucking desert. Like it's mm. just. It's a it's a desert, oh, yeah. natural gas pipeline, a newspaper. Shout out Al Jazeera, and a fucking airport. So I don't know why they're playing a sport when it's going to be. You're going to have fucking Germans running around in forty degree heat. They will mm. die. You're going to have multiple oh. Christian Eriksen moments during this FIFA World Cup, while multiple people died building that. It's just it's just awful. No, I think what's the most nuts thing about it is that after they actually found out about all the corruption, they didn't take it away from Qatar. People, <laughs> people have fucking ahead with so it. many people have died making this fucking enslaved labor, making this fucking stadium, getting ready for FIFA, and it's still happening there. Like, couldn't It'll we be just like? Air-conditioned stadiums. Like, 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 the Russians, couldn't we just go back to Russia? Like, they have a fucking thing ready. Like, they did it last time. I just, uh, yeah. Oh, Canada and Mexico and the USA selected as hosts of the 2026 FIFA World Cup. Cool. That'd be crazy. That's the Imagine thing, being like, a, being go Mexico, to places that, that actually have soccer stadiums. It just doesn't... How can you possibly have arguably the biggest football event in the world or ever? Yeah. How can you have it at a place that doesn't have enough stadiums to host it? It just, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sport, Jordan. It's just getting me so so worked up. Bloody sport, mate. Bloody (laughs) sport. Um, Oh, the Brazil World Cup, the South African uh, one. That was crazy. Where was the first FIFA World Cup? Was uh, 19, 1930? Holy shit. I don't know. Seriously? It was won by Uruguay. I can't remember where it, it took was. Place in, it took place in Uruguay. There you go. That's they crazy. They the first two, the older Uruguayans. Well, they have quite a cool... Um, and then Italy. The, the advertising is very, like, postmodern 1930s art abstract S. It's very cool. <laughs> Oh, here's an interesting. Here was an interesting map. Okay. Oh no, no. Okay. Hey, this is a different thing. I thought it was total FIFA wins by country. Let's have a look at that. So Brazil is number one. Surely. Maybe Germany. Then the Germans. Oh, the Argentinians. Italy. Have done Brazil. Brazil with five. Germany with four. Italy with four. Yeah, Uruguay with two. Is that back from like the 1930s? Yeah. Yeah, I think there's Argentina, France, England, and because I so I remember back in middle school there was a book in our school library about the 2006 FIFA World Cup. Yes, um, and then that went through all the teams, and it also went through the history of the winners. 
Well, that was a great yeah, well, World Cup because um, the classic, a classic World Cup. Yes, that was. Where was that? That was in Germany. Okay, which was the one where the Australians? Was that that one? That was that one. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's the knockout phases. Oh, so good. That's such a good childhood memory and a de- depressing one. Watching like the news, like watching those free kicks. And like seeing the Italians fucking cheering in Italy and just me, my heart going, I'm, I'm racist to Italians now. They've taken it. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. They've taken it from us. But wow, so good. I used that's to collect. That's the thing. Italy went on to win it. So if we'd beaten Italy, I think we would have won the World Cup, Jordan. If Australia wins a World I don't know what I'll do if Australia wins a World Cup. I actually, you know what? I don't think I want us to win a World Cup. It, it would seem too weird. The rest of the it world would. won't, ex- they, they won't, ex- guys. They won't accept us if we win a World Cup. The, they're still gonna make fun of our soccer team, okay? <laughs> okay, they're, they're never. They will never accept us. But um, I used to collect in the the advertiser back in the days in two thousand and six. They used to get those little pins from the news agents. Oh fuck! <laughs> I had them all. I had all oh. of the cards of the players. Um, oh, that's like incredible! John, shout out John Aloisi, um, Lucas Neal, um, Lucas Neal, Craig oh, Moore. God. Mark Viduka, Harry Kuehl. Mark, with Mark fucking Harry Kuehl. Harry. Cahill. Oh, Tim Cahill. Is Kim Taylor still Mark Bresciano, Brett Emerton. Oh. oh, my God. These names. The nostalgia you're giving me right there. Mark Schwarzer. What a oh. goalie. Um, Incredible. What a Yeah, like, I collected all the pins. Fucking, I was for like, uh, I was king of the schoolyard the day I brought it in. Like I brought in these pins for sh- like show and tell or whatever, That's or just to show everyone at, at primary school. Thanks. I wonder where I literally wonder where it is. I haven't seen it in years. I hope I still have it. I wouldn't have thrown it out. I wouldn't have. But um, yeah, incredible. Lot of time. Two thousand six. Oh. One of the best years. Oh, I've gotten myself excited for the uh, <laughs> <laughs> for the slave labor <laughs> FIFA. Damn it. disappointing anyway <laughs> i don't know what, we're what talking an ending about. this is a this is a by the way behind the scenes you know wizard of oz I've, i'm peeping behind the curtain breaking the fourth wall mm. uh, this was an evening podcast um so it if was. we sound more lively it's because we've been awake for multiple <laughs> hours um rather than necessarily just a few as we we normally do a like a nice early morning chat um because yeah. we're i don't really know why we just seem to but you I was... Know, uh, something different. Yeah. Change it up for episode 20. Episode 20? Yeah. Oh, oh, it's special. It's it like is. our 20th birthday. Uh, you can, like, if this bur- podcast was 20 years old, it could... But it's nothing, no real change. It could have done that since it was no. 18. There's no yeah, change, yeah. really. Not at all. Um, literally nothing. Nothing important. Yeah. And then after 21, so begins the... Uh, depressing and long journey yeah. journey towards death so there we That's go look, we got that to look forward to so indeed sweet relief sweet sweet relief from the endless torture of uh, a bi-yearly podcast <laughs> <laughs> no we're doing it basically monthly now or maybe not mm. sorry if it's been a while uh it's not been too long. It I'm won't. Just gonna, you know what? It's not going to change. I'm just going to stop apologizing. Okay? Yeah. Just accept it. Yeah, fuck them. Simbuki. Um, yes. And, uh, yeah. Have a, a great great month, listeners. Hope to hope to talk to you soon. Thank yeah. you for listening. We, uh, we love and care for you lots. Follow us on Instagram. Yeah. Um, send us a message. Send us a message. Um, or don't. We no. don't get- no, you have to send us a message. Yeah. Um, there's no choice. Um, the metadata, we're trying to kind of, uh, we're trying to, you know, <laughs> we've got to deal with You're the AFP going. you profile about this. Yeah. <laughs> um, brought to you, of course, today by the Commentary Bikey Gang as our proud sponsors. Yes. Um, yeah. Okay. Tim Bookie, as always, Bye. and um, I'll see you later. Cool. I'll chat to you on um, Anom, Jordan. Yep. See you on a norm, mate. See ya.